Hello, and welcome to ART Art Radio Trending, a public podcast that takes what's trending and generates a discussion based around art. We take current events and pop culture and discuss their relevance as they relate to art history. So sit back and enjoy. Thank you for joining us. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Art Radio Trending. It's been a while, but I'm extremely excited to be out here today at Point Loma Nazarene University with a couple of the students here. I just lectured today, and we were discussing a little bit about art and worship. Predominantly, we're talking about Protestant art and how it has evolved in modern times. Now, I'm wondering if you guys out there have ever considered how art has affected your spirituality. Uh, whether it has or has not, or whether you walk into a church and you are in awe and you can sit there and admire the, the stained glass and the images that are on the wall, or whether or not you stay at home and you sit and just uh, pray and contemplate the vastness of God and the divinity amongst yourself. You can also maybe walk out outside and look at landscapes. Today's discussion talked a little bit about how landscape in the early Protestant Reformation may have played a role in how we uh, view the divinity. And we can also talk a little bit about how we have maybe gotten gotten away from what we know of of the divinity uh, in modern Protestant and Christian type churches where we are distracted and we find a lot of distractions in the visual elements that they provide for us. So I'm extremely excited and honored to be joined by two students here today. Uh, Bailey, Bailey, go ahead and introduce yourself. Maybe you can, uh, maybe you can uh, talk about uh, your, maybe what your major is, what you like to study, and a little bit about your religious background so the listeners out there could kind of have a little context as to where you are coming from. I grew up in a Presbyterian church, but um, when I came to college, I started experimenting and trying out different forms of worship at different churches, some much more modern and contemporary than others, and um, just this year, I've kind of settled in a place where I, you know, really feel comfortable in the way I worship and the church that I go to. Um, what else did you want? You know, that, that's good. How about, how about you, Emily? Uh, Emily's uh, joining us here as well, and she's going to have a different perspective, hopefully, as to what we're going to be talking about. Hi, Emily. Hi, uh, I'm Emily Coleman. I'm a sophomore psychology major at Point Loma. I grew up in the Catholic Church, but I currently see myself as an atheist. When did that happen? I mean, I hope you don't mind the personal question. Yeah, but um, I was confirmed in the Catholic Church. I went through the sacraments. Um, never really felt any sort of connection with God or a God. And I think probably my junior to senior year of high school and then kind of strengthening that coming into Point Loma, I felt that. So, Emily, so you walk into a museum or a church 
and you see an image of Christ or an image of God or Mary or, or what have you, or maybe a story of the Bible, and you don't feel any connection or any spiritual type of connection, I guess I should say. No, when I kind of view that type of art, I definitely see it as more of a historical or kind of figurative image, um, but I personally do not feel any sort of Okay, so yeah, so now obviously in the context that we are today, which is 2017, these uh, images do seem historical, right? So you walk into a museum, you're walking into a time capsule, these images are framed, uh, they're curated, they're standing on the wall, they're sort of meant, I think, uh, to be a historical timepiece, and I think that's probably part of the issue when it comes to maybe um, diluting some of the spiritual divinity that we are were meant to to um, feel when we see these images. Now, hypothetically, I mean, I don't know. Let's transport ourselves back in time. Do you think that the artists of the time back then succeeded in? maybe communicating some of these uh, messages to the people, the masses? Um, personally, I think if you go back to like the Protestant Reformation, a vast majority of people in that time period are heavily religious, and a lot of cultural life is focused into religion. So I kind of view that art period as more of that's kind of what the people wanted to see. They wanted to see biblical stories and these grand tales of God or Jesus. And so it may not necessarily be what artists were necessarily thinking, but it was something that was going to be perceived well by the public. Okay. And now, uh, Bailey, you said you're a biochem major, mm -hmm. and uh, you are Lutheran now, is that right? I, I go to a Lutheran. You go to a Lutheran uh, church. Now, you, on the contrary, you see, you said that earlier. You said that you are affected, right? Or, or there is some sort of beauty that you are able to associate with the divinity when you see these type of images, mm -hmm. whether it be in in a church or uh, in a museum or or something like that, right? Or even people. I mean, if you think about it, um, when you read Genesis, God starts, you know, with light and then the earth and then people. And he saw that it was good. And the last thing that he created was women. And we see women nowadays, and, and women are just like a, a symbol of beauty. And that's the last thing God created. So what can be more beautiful? So when I see beauty, I just think of the divine. You can't help but feel something more than what's there. You're not just looking at something. Whatever your taste may be, you can be on a surfboard, um, out feeling like the gentle ripples of the ocean and you like feel this just like massive like transcendence around you or you can walk into a church with um, just beautiful stained glass and you know, incense burning and your senses are you know engaging with your heart and your mind and what's going on that moment it kind of takes you out from reality in that instance and kind of feeds something deeper. Do you think then that what drives your connection with your faith is the idea of beauty, right? So, so would you say then that if an image or painting is criticized, or maybe you don't even find it beautiful, would you say then that it fails in furthering your connection with the divinity? No, I don't think it fails because I feel like art is very individual. Someone may see something beautiful and someone may see something just not 
you know, touching in their eyes, but I don't see it as a distraction to me. What if, um, are you at all familiar with Immersions, uh, the Piss Christ um, photograph? No? <clears throat> So the Piss Christ, for all you guys out there that don't know, is actually a photograph of an image of a small crucifix of Jesus Christ that is immersed in the artist's uh, urine. He then uh, took a photograph of it. This is about, it's going to be 30 years, I think, next year that this uh, image came out. Now, it wasn't necessarily meant to be a political image. However, obviously, as you can imagine, Piss Christ pissed a lot of people off uh, and, and, and continues to piss a lot of people off, pun intended. Um, what if an image comes out like that, an image of Christ emerged in urine, um, not necessarily meant to be insulting, insulting or offensive, but certainly is offensive and insulting. Would you say then that art can antagonize people, maybe even push people like Emily away from what you say is beauty? Yes, it can, but, you know, that just comes, like, with freedom of expression. Just because people get divorced doesn't mean you shouldn't get married. Just because people um, in car accidents and um, drive doesn't mean that we should stop giving people licenses. It just comes with human nature, of course, like, that can be seen as very offensive or disrespectful, but that's someone's, you know, vision. That's what they're seeing in their eyes. Um, I think that was, you know, a major downfall when the um, Protestant church way back when um, disallowed icons because it's not the icons that were um, sinful. It was people worshiping those icons. And to do away with all of it was a, a mistake in my eyes. So. Yeah. Now, Emily, what, now what would your reaction? You grew up. You said you grew up Catholic. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Piss Christ, but I know that in the in Catholicism, the crucifix, the cross, is a very powerful symbol, and it's embraced by a lot of Catholic people. It's venerated. What would your reaction be to an image of the crucifix of a Christ immersed in urine? Um. I think that it was obviously meant to challenge a lot of ideas, uh, which art is meant to do. So it's definitely trying to push boundaries and trying to instill a lot of thought in different people. And however you choose to interpret that piece um, is subjective to the individual. But you can look at any piece of art and think it's offensive. And you can look at a lot of different things in different time periods and how it applies to that culture or society and deem it as like necessarily offensive to a specific culture, but I mean, it's a representation of one individual's ideals or beliefs, and I think it's definitely meant to do something and meant to instill a different thought in people's minds. Now, you said push boundaries. Now, I would, what if I were to argue that, that it's the nature of artists and their ability and willingness to push boundaries that causes the danger, right? So how far do you go, right? How far do you take these images? And, and at what point do they become icons? At what point, Bailey, do you think that an image, a painting, a sculpture can cease to be freedom of expression and turn into the golden calf 
turn into an icon. You see, that's a fear that a lot of modern-day churches and even churches in antiquity have faced. They, they fear this three-headed beast. They fear this evolution of freedom of expression, of pushing boundaries, reaching a point of heresy. So at what point to you, at what point do you think these icons become a danger to your faith? My response would be, is it the icon or is it the person? Because nowadays people, we don't have that, you know, problem of worshiping idols and, and you know, and the icons. But I mean, yeah, we have, you know, idols in terms of iPhones and everything like social media. But um, I think the responsibility of that worshiping of the idol is falls on the person, not on the material. You know, a sin is an action, so it stems from the person, not from the material. So I think there shouldn't be a point or a limit, you know, with art or icons. It's the person. Okay. Um, okay, well, it's been a pleasure talking to both of you today. And um, I don't know if we changed any minds today, and I don't even think that that was the, the point of our discussion today. But rather it was, I think, to see that there are different perspectives and different ideas out there. And if as so long as we continue to look at art, I think we will continue to continue questioning our divinity, our faith, and our uh, knowledge. So again, thank you guys all for listening, and art is cool. <laughs> <laughs>